Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Good Thursday evening, everyone. My man Delante, how you feeling, brother? Man, feeling good, feeling great. Oh, that's good, that's good. This is uh, another wonderful week. And this is another wonderful episode of the Sideline Junkies. I wanted to do something a little different for everybody. A few things been on my mind. So, you know, it's Black History Month. So I, I wanted to pay a little tribute to one of the greatest rappers to ever grace the mic. And I'm going to see if you can guess it did. Well, hey, what's happening, Junie? What's the deal? Junie, what's good? What's the deal, Pickles? Everything kosher? Everything's oh, you know kosher. everything's kosher. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 gonna give you something now. I, I'm 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 gonna spit some. I'm gonna pay tribute to one of the greatest rappers real quick, and I'm gonna see if y'all can guess it after I'm done. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, excuse me. Take a few minutes to mellow out. Big Daddy Kane is on the mic, and I'm gonna tell about a minimum length of rhymes of strength, power. But listen to the man of the hour. Flow and go slow tempo, and you know, sing ho, swing low, and know the show. Well, as I go on to perform and transforming on stage like a Decepticon, but I'm not animated like a cartoon. I'm for real shooting lyrics like a harpoon. Come on, y'all. Let's go. I'm the B-I-G-D-A-D-Y-K-A-N-E. <laughs> I'm good and plenty. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my man. <laughs> the, the, the legendary BDK. Yeah, no man. Doubt. I, I will say this, uh, that 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 dude, he he, he shaped my, my 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 formative years a real, real a whole lot. So, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. let's jump into this because uh we 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 got a a pretty good show, but first up let's let's knock out some news and notes. Um, hey hey hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up. I don't know if this is three and out or whatever, but I just want to tell you. You did a good job, Kevin. I want you to do a uh, sing for me in my next. Anyway, I talked to you later. I talked to you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, guess what? I just got a gig, baby. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little news and notes, man. Um, Syracuse coach Jim Beheim hit and killed the man on the expressway this morning, about one a.m. after uh after the game, and um. Jeez. I'm I'm not I'm not really sure what happened, but from uh reports they say that uh the man had got out of his car and was on the interstate and he wasn't like you know just walking and wandering the interstate, he was actually out of his car. I think he was having car trouble. And coach actually ran into him and um <sighs> Say he had uh, lost control and struck a guardrail. One year old man. So, uh, but they say Coach Beheim is actually uh, cooperating with investigators. Um, he didn't leave the scene or anything like that. He's not, it's no manhunt for him. But uh, prayers up to that gentleman's family, who I believe his, his name has not been released yet, but prayers and condolences up to his family. And to Coach Beheim, um, geez, I, I mean, this is a tough time and this is a tough situation. So prayers to him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they don't know if it was a weather thing. They don't know what it was that caused this tragic accident to happen. But that was one of the things that came across the news wise this morning. Um, another big thing that's been going on, uh, the injury of one Mr. Zion Williamson, the man child at Duke, is enlisted as a sprained knee. Oh man. Day to day. So uh NBA Twitter went off. Uh Donovan Mitchell, uh he he said in a tweet, again, let's remember all the money that went into this game, and these players get none of it. And now Zion gets hurt. Something has to change at NCAA. Well, 
Uh, let me interject. I think, if anything, the the smart thing um, is for him to maybe, I guess, consider sitting out. You know, let that knee fully heal and then be ready for the draft. But you know, I, I'm I don't think he's built like that. You know, which, there's nothing wrong with. It. I think he's going to come back. They're going to try to win the um, NCAA championship. And they're going to go on the greener pastures. I wonder if he ever wear a pair of Nikes again. Well, I mean, That's I my as long as he's at Duke, he has to. Yeah, and I Paul George uh, Nikes, if anything. But the Paul wow, George Nikes, so don't, they don't have any – um. Any support around the ankle? I mean, but this is not the first time this has happened, right? From what I'm hearing, especially with that shoe. So, yeah, you might have to recall that sneaker because, um, you know, that incident alone has cost Nike billions of dollars. Yeah, yes, I've heard they is. went down two points. Yeah, and stock yep. drop. Yeah, but so- go ahead, Delonte. No, no, I was saying so. Yeah, man, you know somebody they, they gotta they gotta do something. You know, they gotta do something. Rebuild the shoe or scrap the shoe or something. Yeah, I'm just I'm I mean, but who's to say that that was a brand new shoe? That could have been a shoe that's been worn all season. And you know, fellas, we played a lot of ball basketball and football and we know for a fact once you wear a shoe so many times doing the same exact thing it's going to fall apart right yeah, that's true so we don't know if that was a a brand new shoe or not but um along with uh donovan mitchell uh boogie demarcus cousins he said how much of the the ncaa is a joke because everybody was talking about the hype surrounding this Duke North Carolina game, which is supposed to be hype. I don't, I don't care. Both teams can have a losing record, and it's supposed to surrounding this game. An old school ACC slobber knocker, and around the time when Merlin was in the ACC, it was Merlin and Duke two times a year. Uh, Merlin and North Carolina two times a year. Duke and uh, uh, North Carolina two times a year. Those were the three, well, six games right there that you circled on your calendar because you knew no matter what the records were, they were going to be bond burners. So everybody's talking about uh, Zion. had He has a $8 million insurance policy if he gets hurt. And it's paid for through the school. Wow. So, I mean, we talked about this, wow, maybe around this time last year, about NCAA players getting paid to play. And it seems like every year before the tournament, it comes up about paying these players to play. Right. But let me ask you guys a question. I mean, I, we... we we're going to revisit it anyway, but is it a bad idea to pay the players? No. No. I mean, I'm, you know, they're not going to get NBA paid, but at least, right. you know, give them some sort of extra incentive, you know, especially since they, they put their, their their bodies on the line, you know, every game as evidence, you know, with the game last night. Now, you look at it. Zion Williamson's jersey probably sells for what about fifty, sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. He can't give away the shoes that he wears in the game. He can't give them to a fan. He can't. Well, he can give them to a fan. He can't sell them. He can't get the money off his jersey. Uh, he can't get the money to play. If I'm not mistaken, the NCAA stipend for basketball players when they go on a road or every month for scholarship athletes is $500. You're going to blow through $500 in no time trying to eat. 
Mm-hmm. Even though you you know when you're on campus, you get free food and everything. I understand all that, but you're gonna blow through that money because yes, it's sir. nothing. Five hundred is nothing. And that's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so he probably go to Popeye's, you know, get himself a four-piece, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Extra biscuit, like the, the, the big-ass soda, like, man. Four-piece. Yeah. <laughs> I can man, eat a four-piece. He, he might actually go get a manager special. <laughs> there you go. So, I but now, on, on the other hand, he's trying to eat healthy. You know, it costs more money to eat healthy than it, eat, than it does to eat junk food. You're exactly right. So let's say he wants to eat organic. That five hundred dollars is gone in one shopping trip. Yes, sir. You can't live off campus. You can't hold a part time job to make your own money. You can't do anything while you're a scholarship athlete. Wow, I didn't even know that. I put it at work. I didn't know that. No, as a, as a NCAA scholarship athlete, you cannot work. Now the only only sport you can play where you can get paid is if you play baseball. But the thing is, if you play baseball and you're in college, you're not a scholarship athlete. You're a walk-on. Because There's so many rules. There's so many rules. And they're bad. Years ago, uh, Ricky Williams is at Texas. Ricky Williams was considered a walk-on and not a scholarship athlete because he had money coming in from the Texas Rangers. And he was in their farm system, so they were paying him. He was using the money from the Texas the Texas Rangers to put his sister through college. He paid for his sister's tuition with the money he made from the Rangers. Wow. Mm. So, and that's why I always say, you know, one thing about Ricky Williams, that first contract he got in the NFL was a garbage contract. Like, Master P should have rolled over and smoked a cigarette after that. <laughs> But once he got from underneath that contract and he got to Miami and he started making some money, you know, he knew what to do with his money. Now, he took the money that he made playing football in Canada and the NFL, and he has his own uh, marijuana dispensary. He, I think he has his own wow. line of marijuana, too. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we can't feel bad for Ricky because Ricky getting his man. Ricky getting that bag. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the guys now. These are why this is why so many guys are one and done. Now you know Cam Reddish, uh, R.J. Barrett, of course Zion Williamson, and I probably can name five more if I really dig deep enough that are going to be one and dones. Why are they one and dones? Because they they need that payday. Because you've been playing ball so long, and you're not getting anything out of it. It's getting everything out of you, but you're not getting anything out of it. What are you going to do? You're going to go chase your dream. Make the NBA get a nice-sized rookie scale contract, which is not bad, especially when you're a lottery pick. Buy your mom a house. Buy your dad a car. You know, invest a few. Buy yourself a home. And live and go do what you love. But the simple fact that you can give back to your parents is, is, is mostly that for most of the guys, and I'll say 85 90% of them, that's your motivation. Now, if I'm wrong, you fellas tell me if I'm wrong. I tell you what, it's going to be all kind of endorsements coming Zion's way. He's going to be oh, yeah. nice. He, he's going to be very nice. He's going to sit really pretty. They're going to change family life, man. Yes. And you know what? Imagine this. Imagine he actually does get drafted in New York, where he wants to be, but you're in the mecca of basketball. Think about you're in the spotlight. The endorsements are going to roll in left and right. He probably would never spend a game check because the endorsements are going to be so big. Yep, that's how Shaquille O'Neal was living. Yeah, he's going to get a shoe deal. He's going to get everything else that comes with it, clothing, the shoes are free. You know, it's going to be money rolling in hand over fist, and all he got to do is go out every night and perform. Yep, Sprite, McDonald's, everybody will yeah. perform. And it's funny you say that about Shaq, because when these rookies go, before they even get drafted, when they go to the rookie symposium, 
I think one person that should always speak is Shaq because he talked about when he got his first million and he said he was just writing checks. He said he, he bought his mom a car and his dad came out and, and was like, where's mine? So he went right back. No, take that back. He said he bought a, a, a big body Benz. He said he went and showed his parents. Parents like his mom's like, well, where's mine? Mm-hmm. So he went and wrote a check, bought his mom one. He said, dad asked for one. He wrote a check, bought dad one. He's like, that's my parents. Of course. Said he went, got a whole bunch of jewelry. He's like, I was stupid for getting it, but I got a whole bunch of jewelry. Didn't really need it and wrote a check for that. He said his agent called him because the bank was calling his agent. He has spent nearly a million dollars in two days, but he didn't yeah. fact in taxes. His agent. So he had overdrafted his account by a couple hundred thousand Dang. and hadn't played a game yet. Wow. And his agent told him straight up, this is how there's two types of people in the NBA. You got guys that know how to put money away so they'll have it after they retire. And then you got guys that go through everything and have nothing when they retire. Which one do you want to be? And one thing we can say about the big Aristotle is he got endorsements and he's always working. He always got money. Oh, he's yeah, always that right. Oh, Shaq, Shaq is set. For life. Aside yes. from that story you just told, uh, KG, you, you will never hear a Shaq is broke or Shaq squandered all his millions story of, of any kind. Never. Shaq's one of the smartest dudes, period. Real estate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, exactly. and mentioned endorsements, like, hey, shit, yeah, Shaq set, man. His family set. Yes, grandkids set. Yeah, but uh, along with Shaq speaking at the rookie symposium, I have somebody at the other end of the spectrum. I have somebody like uh Antoine Walker. Oh, oh, oh man. Antoine Walker, I would have, I would pay Antoine Walker to speak so he can let these kids know, yeah, you can be like Shaq. You can set yourself up with the endorsements and invest in your money. Or, I mean, he could swallow that, that, that humble pill and be like, you could be like me. I hung out with Michael Jordan, thought I could bet big like Michael Jordan, but I, I couldn't bet big like that. Michael Jordan got long paper. He got paper coming in left and right for the rest of his life. Right. So, you know, you got, you got to, People like from both ends of the spectrum have to be able to speak to these young kids. But one thing I will say, I wish nothing but the best for Zion. I hope he doesn't rush back and hurt himself further. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. But I also hope that he actually says, you know what? I'm going to skip this year's draft because I haven't proven my point yet. He comes back for a sophomore year and kills it. I'm yep. talking about player of the year that he goes into the tournament and I, I, I DJ might kill me for this one, but Duke wins the national championship and he's uh most outstanding player of the tournament. You know, and then he on that biggest stage and the next thing you know, he goes somewhere that he turns the franchise around because he's matured to the point that he is that polarizing player. Right. That's what I'm hoping for. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just. It's so much we can get into as far as college basketball go, fellas. But one of the big things that we always say, if you pay these kids, I'm not saying you know, like Dante said, don't give them no NBA salary. No, you give them maybe something like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year. Something that they can live off of, but not only are you making them, you, you, you're not, because you won't allow them to hold a job. So let them play basketball and, and their grades be their job because you got to keep your grades up to play ball. Actually, I agree, Kevin, and plus you are preparing them for the future. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you let them, uh, uh, the upperclassmen, your juniors and your seniors, you stay four years, you're a junior, okay. Go ahead and move off campus. See how you can handle it living off campus with $20,000 coming in that you have to worry about your own. You have to worry about paying your rent. 
You have right. to worry about your transportation. You know, things like that that you have to worry about in the real world. Stop right. setting these kids up. And this goes for high school kids, whether you play ball or not. Stop setting these kids up to be dependent on somebody else instead of setting them up to learn, look, you got to depend on yourself. Mom and dad not always going to be there. That's right. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, that's just my take on it. I'm not trying to preach. I mean, but I'm just saying, I, we all got kids. And I know for a fact, not near one of the sideline junkies going to let their kids go out and be like, you know what? Just go out and figure your way out. And, you know, you know, you don't figure it out. Come on back home. Yeah, no. Nah. We want our kids to hit the world and be a success. I mean, it's not going to be a success overnight, but you got to you gotta work at it. There you go. Come back and get us. And that's it. Right. So, well, fellas, let's step away for a little bit, pay a few of these bills. Um, Then we're going to come back with this much anticipated DC Lost Rings hmm. segment. And I, I mean, I got a list. I'm going to let you guys go first. And I mean, we just going to wrap them off, man. Let's go. So let's go ahead and step away and we come right back. All right. All right. And we right back like we never left. Well, fellas, this has been a much anticipated uh, part of the show that we've been talking about for quite some time. So, Alante, you and Junie came up with this. And this, I mean, this was like a strict fire episode topic. So, these are all the players that played here in the seat that went elsewhere and won rings. Yeah, um, man. You fellas, go ahead and take it away. Well, um, let's not look no further than the 2004 NBA champion Detroit Pistons. Three out of the five starters on that team used to play for who? The Wizards. I, I, actually, I think they were all drafted. Uh, ben Wallace, uh, Rip, and uh, Rashid. They were all drafted here. Yeah. Three of the five starters, they were all drafted here. They all leave, you know, what have you. They go to Detroit, and they did throw in the Lakers. And this was – and this Lakers team, this was like – the first unofficial super team because they had Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, and um, Carl Malone. And they beat them four games to one. So I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, they couldn't wear, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the white, the red, and the blue and, and, and do that? Hey, that's a good one right there. I mean, that's the one, the biggest that kind of Make you wonder, like, dang, what in the hell was they doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Man. You got man, well, I just got the phone with Ernie. Uh, I want him to listen to this episode because this is serious stuff here. All the guys that came from here came from Washington. Not even the ones with the ring, but just all the players. We lost a lot of good guys. The latest two is Nick Young and JaVale McGee. Now they have rings. It, it, it's just ridiculous. You know, we get rid of good players. We let them go too soon. You know, I, I just, I, I really would like to hear your list, Kevin. Oh, man, my list, it, it's a long one. And it, it goes back pretty far. So I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie about it, but I'm going to put it this way. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to take you back on a, on a trip back in time. Now, y'all say, uh, Delonte, you say Rip, Ben Wallace, Rasheed. Uh, you said uh, Nick Young and JaVale McGee, Junie. Now, right. Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton played three years here. Rasheed played two. JaVale McGee played play for Nick Young played six seasons here. Hmm. Okay. So let's throw in Sean Livingston. 
who played a season here yeah. and oh, actually wow. balled out. He mm-hmm. balled out when he played here. Rashad Lewis. Uh, Mike Miller, who played two seasons here. Rashad Lewis played two seasons too. Deshaun Stevenson played five seasons here. Wow. Brendan Hayward. Karan Butler. Darvin Ham. Remember that uh, uh, Buck used to call it the Ham Slam every time he dunked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was breaking backboards. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Richmond was here for three seasons. Uh, Greg Foster, Jaron Jackson, Daryl Walker, uh, Rick Mahorn. Now, Mitch Kupchak won a championship here, but then he went to the Lakers and won more championships. So, Mitch Kupchak is on this list for me. Uh, a little unknown is Charles Jones, who played here nine seasons. And the one that I think stings the most when it comes to Wizards slash Bullets, Jawan Howard. I think that one stings the most because of the way they Jawan was treated like a A-plus celebrity in this area. Yeah. So, for him to go away and win a championship, but think about this. If done right, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, now hold on, let me rephrase that. Rasheed Wallace, Jawan Howard, and Chris Webber played together. They could have been the core, right? Then you would have added Ben Wallace. Later on down the line, you would have added Rip Hamilton. Okay? Then you would have had Rod Strickland. No, take that back. You wouldn't have had Rod Yeah, you would have. You would have had Rod Strickland. Like, I'm not understanding how in the world you let these big name players get away. And you could you had the core, you drafted the core, and you traded and got Weber. Like you had everything and you blew it all up. Every time they get it and they're on the cusp, they're one or two pieces away, they blow it all up. But it doesn't stop with just the wizards slash bullets. Because I got a list for the Redskins also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit short. I didn't go back as far. But you got Champ Bailey. Hall of Famer Champ Bailey. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Hall from, of from, exactly. Denver Broncos, yep. And before we go on, I, I, I was uh, – the minute professor was having a, uh, a little discussion a day earlier. Is Champ Bailey going in the Hall of Fame as strictly a Bronco, or is it going to be Bronco slash Redskin? Uh, strictly as a Bronco. So you get that choice now? Yeah. I swear I didn't think they got that choice. Yep. I don't think that's fair. Wow. I mean, I, because I remember Deion Sanders said something that he didn't want the Redskins on, on his bus, but they put it on there anyway. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. He said that? Yeah, because Deion Sanders, I think all his kids had on every jersey that he ever wore, and I think the um the Redskins jersey was the only one none of the kids had on. Wow. And you know what? I want to say that Johnny Unitas wanted to go in as an Indianapolis coat. And they, they, they uh they put him in as a um Hmm. Yeah. It said uh, Johnny Unitas wanted uh, his bus to say Baltimore Colts, but it says Indianapolis Colts. And he was like, he 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 didn't agree. You know, Johnny, you didn't agree with that anyway. But that's another show. Um, you got Mark Schlereth, who actually another Bronco that sh- should, if not in the Hall of Fame, should be in the Hall of Fame soon. Uh, Antonio Pierce, Ryan Clark, Super Bowl MVP Desmond Howard, Brad Johnson, Keenan McCardell, and a throwback for you, Johnny Sample. Man, you made me guys. I didn't realize they played for the Redskins. Wow. And I, I, I bet if I dig a little deeper, I probably can pull up more on this list. But, I mean, geez, man. Yes, sir. 
you, you think about it, Champ Bailey was traded for Clinton Portis. And that, right. that trade has been talked about so much. So much. Because of the lopsidedness. So, <laughs> I, I, I just... Hmm. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I, I can't say much about, uh, about Chant Bailey, but lockdown corner, we let him walk away for nothing. I mean, I'm not going to say for nothing because we, we did get Clinton Porter. Clinton Porter had three good years. Okay. Then you got Mark Schlereth. They said that he was over the hill and done, but then he goes and wins two titles with the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. Antonio Pierce, um, he goes and he's a key contributor to uh, one of uh, the New York Giants uh, Super Bowls. Your man, Ryan Clark, he goes to Pittsburgh and he shows off like it's nothing. Desmond Howard, he goes and wins Super Bowl MVP. Like, you know, he he, he bounced around for a little bit, found a, a a home with Green Bay for a little while. Goes out, wins the Super Bowl. Now, Keenan McCardell was on the team, the 91 Redskins team, which is they consider the greatest Super Bowl team of all time. I mean. Greatest of all time, right. But he was on there, but he was on IR for that year. But he got a Super Bowl ring. He went to Tampa Bay and got a Super Bowl ring. That's crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he has three rings. Let me let me let me make sure. Let me let me make sure I'm right here. Let me see. Let me see. Uh Keenan McCardell. I mean we can we can name a lot of guys that have passed through this city and went Elsewhere to to uh win titles. No, he got two. He got two. He uh Kenny McCardo got two. He got the one with the Redskins and uh the one with the Buccaneers. Some of these players you wonder how did they let them go? Exactly. Now I understand why they let Desmond Howard go. They they you know Desmond Howard was too small to do what uh, they were looking for him to do. He couldn't get off the line. And that's what, and then we didn't need a kick returner. We had Brian Mitchell, so we we didn't really need uh, Desmond Howard. But I do remember his rookie year, he, it was against the Atlanta Falcons. He he returned the kickoff for a touchdown. No, first, Dion ran a kickoff for a touchdown. And then he turned around and ran a kickoff for a touchdown. But Dion was like, I'm going to one-up you. And Dion ran a kickoff for a touchdown. So, I mean, I've seen him do, but he couldn't do anything else other than return kicks at the time. So, Uh, Brad Johnson, how did they let Brad Johnson get out of town? Man, I don't know. You got a receiver like Keenan McCardell as a rookie. You have him. Now, mind you, you still have Art Monk, Ricky Sanders, Gary Clark. Why not try to work, you know, Keenan McCardell in there to get him adjusted? I mean, this is what I didn't understand here. How do you let a guy like this go? But you go through the the years of Keenan McCardell being a beast in, uh, in in Jacksonville. Those are years he could have had with the Redskins. How about that? Wow, sure, right about that. But like, uh, look at Mark Schler. They said that he was done. Delonte, y'all picked up Mark Schler like it was nothing, and. Yep. You know, Mark Schler paved the way for a 2,000-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Y'all got Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey turned into one. He was already, I believe, in my opinion, a top-ten corner when he was here, but he turned into a top-five corner 
maybe even a top three corner with the Broncos. Yeah, definitely top three. He was intercepting everything. Junie, y'all got Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, just, I mean, he turned, I mean, we knew he could play. But I, I think the reason why they let Ryan Clark go, because we had Sean Taylor. That's right. That's right. No, Nobody foresee the future. But if things didn't go the way that they went, I mean, geez. Sean Taylor. Yes. And we were speaking about him in the same breath with Ed Reed. In the same breath with Troy Palomalu. And I, I was telling the guy today earlier, I said, you got to realize Sean Taylor at the time of his death was one of the top three uh, safeties in the league. But it was him, Troy Palomalu, Ed Reed. And they were nothing but ball hawks. You couldn't throw the ball anywhere near them. If the ball was loose anywhere near them, they got it. So, I mean, but... Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. So, I mean, we can look back in the past and we can say, well, they would have did this, they would have did that. But at that present point in time, in that moment, I don't think we can say that. <sighs> Y'all brothers got any more, anybody else to add to these lists, man, that, that, that left off? Uh, not, not offhand. Might have to do a part two of this. We might have to do a part two. Uh, it's, when you talk about Sean Taylor, man, that touched my heart, man. That's a sad situation there, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yes, indeed. I mean, shoot, we 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 talk about that. I I was uh, telling the guy at work, we were talking about you know things in sports that kind of hit you so hard that you actually had to cry. You're not afraid to admit it. And he said that uh, he didn't. Matter of fact, it was Professor Lucky. He said when Lynn Byers died, he was young, but he cried because it hurt. And he said when Sean Taylor died, he said that's probably the, the only two times I said now. For me, being a huge basketball fan, and I watched everybody. I was, I've always been a Bulls fan. I've never loved any team other than the Bulls. But being a huge basketball fan, I watched other players. And my uncle always told me about Reggie Lewis. He was like, he played ball with Reggie Lewis when he was in Baltimore. And, you know, the boy can shoot, he can play. And I'm like, okay. So I started watching Reggie Lewis. And I started seeing him battle Jordan. And he would go right back at Jordan. I never seen anybody do that before and not back down. I became a Reggie Lewis fan. Same thing with Drazen Petrovic. I, I never seen somebody just go at Jordan like that, like it's nothing. Uh-huh. And never back down. Now, both of them died in the summer of 93, and I was going through 11 years old. Uh, I lost my uncle. I lost two aunts that summer. And on top of that, I lost two of my favorite basketball players. So, I mean, you talk about a hurt 11-year-old. That, that, that That's two times as an 11-year-old, as a young man, that I was hurt. As an adult, Sean Taylor's death really affected me because – I mean, it was senseless. It was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. Unnecessary, exactly. So those, you know, those are a couple of ones that really stuck out to me. Now, as far as non-tragic things that made me cry as a youngster, I'll never. It took me twenty-three years to get over it. I think I got. I think I kind of sort of got over it in twenty sixteen. Michigan losing in North Carolina in 1993. When Chris Webber called that timeout. Oh, man. You know, that ended the game pretty much. Two free throws, that's it. And they got the ball. Right. That was it. You talk about a hurt child, 11 years old still. I laid in the living room floor, and I cried. I mean, you would have thought that somebody shot my dog. Somebody just told me they was going to beat me. I mean, I was hurt. I'm talking about my soul was hurt. Because in my mind, the Fab Five could not do any wrong. Nobody could beat the Fab Five. The Fab Five was the greatest thing that ever happened to basketball. Everything. But to see them lose that way, and I knew it was the end because everybody was going to leave. 
I laid in the floor and I cried. Hey, hey, you know what, man? That's a whole nother show. Do you know it's two events in my life that had me teary eyed? Uh, when Green Bay Packers beat us, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl is one. I thought we had that game. And the other one is when Mike Tyson lost to James Buster Douglas. I didn't want to talk to nobody. Phone uh-huh. rang. Leave me alone. <laughs> that was my man back in the day. Mike Tyson? What? Man. What about you there, Delonte? I know you got a couple. Yeah, I, I think the one that really uh, comes to mind is the Mile High Miracle by Joe Flacco. Uh, there's a whole lot of, you know, ironicness in that uh, 70-yard pass, 35 seconds left in the game. And now, what seven years later, you know he he's our you know he's our quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that 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 pained me. That pained me. I didn't speak. Oh, and then uh, when we when we got beat down by the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Eight. You know what? Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I I was really pulling for y'all. Yeah, I mean we you know we had the best off you know offense. Like in NFL history, and we laid an egg in the Super Bowl. Hey, Kevin. Yes, sir. Delonte. Yes, sir. I might have to go out this one because I'm starting to cry. Another one is when Tim Tebow beat us at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and the bad part about it, he won that playoff game. What was Tim Tebow as a starter? Five and three? No, he was. Um... Was it? I have I have to double check. But, you uh, talking about somebody hurt? Hey, was that overtime or was it about to go overtime? Was that overtime? Oh, it was first overtime. play? It was it was one play. First play. First, right. One and done. All right, you have to see all that. Next, what's what's next? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but the bad part about that. Tebow did that. He won the playoff game. Now they expected him to go. And who does y'all face next? Y'all face New England next? Yeah, and and they cheated like crazy. It was, but I mean it's New England, so right. Don't exactly. Don't, don't say that too loud. Oh yeah. Oh she yeah. Next door. Next door. She right here. <laughs> oh, she, I'm Uh-oh. gonna take you around the corner, man. She's shotgun. <laughs> nah, they didn't cheat. We you better watch what you say. Brady just had Tebow's number. You know they had, they had Tebow. You know they had the Broncos number. That's it. It's funny because the following year you're thinking Tebow's gonna come back, and you know they're gonna keep working with him, and boom, they got Peyton Manning. Tebow's expendable. He's gone. Right. They sent him to the Jets. Yeah. And I'm gonna speak publicly about that for the first time ever. I really thought that uh, Tebow should have at least stayed for one season to learn, you know, the techniques of how to be a, a, a masterful quarterback from Peyton. Um, because that would have been a good idea, right? Yeah, because you know we signed, yeah, we signed Peyton, you know, monster contract, five years, ninety-five million dollars, but Peyton had four neck surgeries. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, you want to make sure that ninety-five million dollars is going to be counted for. He couldn't throw the deep ball no more either. It was like a wounded duck when he threw it. Yeah, it was <laughs> a wounded duck. He was a, yeah, he he might have the master the dink and dunk game. Yeah, right. And you know what? That's never been his style. But he, he and he won a Super Bowl. With he's the first quarterback to take two different organizations to a Super Bowl and win. Right. So, I mean, that alone tells you the 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 genius of Peyton Manning because he, he was good. What did he play with y'all? Three, four seasons? Uh, four seasons. Four and seasons, was, two Super Bowl appearances. You can't ask for more than that. You were a Super Bowl contender every year. I would love to just be a, a contender for the NFC Championship game, but you're a Super Bowl contender. Right. Yeah. All right, we're going to end this one on a happy note, fellas. Happy note. 
give me those times in sports where you felt so goddamn going high and just like it just made you cry tears of joy. I mean, it was that good of a time. Um, that's easy, actually. Uh, they replayed a game on NFL Network not too long ago. It was 2016 Patriots versus Broncos AFC Championship game. Uh, we we beat them twenty to eighteen. Brady threw that pick, uh, trying to go for the two point conversion. Tears of joy. Tears. Of okay, joy. my tears of joy is when we was about to get scored on in the Super Bowl. It was on the goal line. James Harrison caught an interception, ran it back one hundred yards for a touchdown. And we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know something wild about that, Junie? What's that? I didn't think that? That was one of the longest returns I've ever seen in my life. I didn't think the old man was going to make it. And he made it and fell out. Yeah. Uh, T- for me, jeez. Um. I'm going to have to go with – I got two. And I'm going to have to go with the Bulls winning their third championship because it, the first two, you know, I understood it, but I don't think I understood the full repercussions of it. But I, no, I, let me rephrase it. The Bulls winning championship three, four, five, and six, they meant so much to me to see them win those. And, you know, I, I, I just – it felt so good. It felt like it was a weight off my shoulder. My team is the best in the world. You know, I always felt that great feeling. And then my second one has to be when the Merlin Terps won a championship in 2002. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think I thought that that was just good for the city because, you know, Merlin being so close to D.C., uh, it was good for College Park. It was good for the state of Merlin because it, it was just – like, finally, after, you know, you get your head beat in. And that season was wild because that was the year that they were up by 26 on Duke, if I'm not mistaken, and lost. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay Williams got his man. Him and Chris Duhon worked. But then yes, the second sir. time they met up, uh, uh, Juan Dixon found out and Steve Blake showed why he is Steve Blake. Steve Blake, and look at that, Steve Blake is another one had a monster career. We thought Juan Dixon was the man, but Steve Blake had the better career. Look at what Steve Blake did when he was in uh, Milwaukee and all that, um, 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 Portland. He was a true point guard. What he did when he was with yes, the Lakers. Sir. Yes. I mean, big ups to him, man. That's my man. I, I, I messes with Steve Blake. Hey, we're going to go ahead and end this, but I got one question for you, KG. Yes, sir. You mean to tell me you can't give me Delonte or NFL Tears of Joy? Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's leave it alone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to realize I've been in media for 27 seasons. I've been in mediocrity. Now, I've had you some guys Sean Taylor um, recovering the block field goal against Dallas, getting the face mask. We beating Dallas. Um, okay. The Monday Night Miracle. The, now, hold on. The Monday Night Miracle. <laughs> we told the first one. I was like, all right, great. All right, cool. All right, we got to do it again. Let's drive downfield. We stopped him. And when he threw the second one, I yelled. Now, you know, that was Monday Night Football. I yelled so loud. My mom, I was living at home. My mom got mad. And she came out there. And I told her what happened. You know, typical mom, she got to get up and go. She got to get up at 6 a.m. to go to work. She's like, I don't care. Go to bed. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got to get up putting you out. I'm like, damn. I'm like, mom, we just won. You don't understand. <laughs> but the next morning, I told her what happened, and I showed it to her. And she said, well, hell, why you ain't wake me up? I said, I did. <laughs> but I, that... um. Jeez, the Redskins dominating in Super Bowl twenty six. That was a great feeling, but that's all I want to hear. Yeah, I, I, it's 
you know, we always talk about the Redskins and we talk about local stuff, but I've been living in 27 years of mediocrity. I've, I haven't been a Super Bowl contender since 1991. I, maybe 92, I'll say. And it, it, it shows, man. The, the, the most wins we had has been 10. 10 wins is the most we've had in the last 27 years. God, oh. Oh, wow. We haven't won any more than 10. We can't I, – like I, I ask every year. Everybody say, man, we can go 10 and 6. I don't want to go 10 and 6 and back in the playoffs. I want to <laughs> go 13 and 3 and storm into the playoffs. Right. Yep, get a good bye. Right. You know, you have that uh, that first round bye with a home game or something. Maybe get two home games. Because one thing I notice about the Redskins, no matter who they play, if they make it to the NFC Championship game and they're playing at home, they're winning. And especially if they're playing Dallas at home, they're winning. Because every time they play Dallas in the playoffs, Dallas has never beat the Redskins in the playoffs. The Redskins have never lost an NFC Championship game at home. So those two factors right there, we're playing Dallas in the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and chalk that up. As Don say, book it, baby, because we're not losing that. Dallas can't beat us in the playoffs. It's something about biorhythms and the way the suns and, and the moons align, but, yeah, it don't happen. Let's go skins. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and get on about it here, man. This, this right here, this show has made me smile today, I tell you that, because I've been looking forward <laughs> to getting on with you guys. Been looking forward to it. So, uh, what, what we got today, Thursday, um, Saturday, we got the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, stepping in in his normal spot. Championship over shoulder. We got that Saturday Night WrestleManiacs coming up. So, and hey, fellas, I got to get something from y'all. DX going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that, that I got to get, if I can get a sound bite from you guys before Saturday, man, I'd love to put it in and play it on Saturday. What you got to say about DX? And we get that going, man. All right, cool. That'll work. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. So, uh, for the Don who's on special assignment, Jim. BJ on special assignment. Delante, Junie, thank you, fellas, man. I'm glad that we all could get together tonight. No doubt, man. Me too. I enjoyed it. So, that's all our time to the next time. Sideline Junkies out. Peace. Peace. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show ID, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.